You're listening to the Trinity Ministries podcast. For more information and to support our ministry, go to www.trinityhudson.org. Entitled Reach One. And uh, this morning we're talking about um, reaching the others in our life. Last week, uh, Pastor Todd talked about uh, reaching family, I think. And um, um, today we're going to be talking about reaching others beyond our family. The gospel for today is from Matthew chapter 9, beginning at verse 9, um, where Jesus calls Matthew to come and, and follow him. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the customs post. He said to him, follow me. And Matthew got up and followed him. While he was at table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat with Jesus and his disciples. The Pharisees saw this and said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus heard this and he said, those who are well do not need a physician, but the sick do. Go and learn the meaning of the words, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. This morning as, as uh, I was thinking about this text and I was listening to it and and thinking about reach one, um, reach others. It called to mind a, a phrase that I learned many years ago, um, back in 1978, before most of you were born. Um, but um, the phrase is, um, make a friend, be a friend, bring a friend to Christ. And as I was thinking about today's text and thinking about our theme, that really seemed to sum up what our gospel is um, what it demonstrates to us from Jesus' life and what, what, uh, what Jesus is asking all of us to do. Make a friend, be a friend, and bring a friend to Christ. It was uh, in 1978 when um, I went through um, a weekend, a Curcio weekend, Vio de Cristo, it's called now. But um, Curcio is an intensive four-day spiritual retreat that uh, teaches the basics of of the Christian life, of Christian faith. And um, if you ever have the chance to go on a, on a weekend, and some of, some of us here have done that, I um, really encourage you to do it. it uh, it's changed many lives this weekend and um, deepened many people's commitment to Christ and, and their walk with Him, and it certainly did that for me. Um, after, on the weekend, you, you spend time talking about Christ and what He's done for us, and there's number of different kinds of, of hands-on spiritual experiences, kinds of things that, uh, that you go through. And uh, um, on, the, on the weekend, as you, as you do that, you learn more and more about what Christ has done for us. And, and it, at, at least for me and many others that I know, it's deepened um, a, an appreciation of, of, of Christ in, in our lives. Um, and it, it, really, it really takes you down to understanding exactly what it is that, that Jesus has done for us. And uh, maybe you've experienced something like that in your own life. Um, maybe you can't have come to a point in your own life at one time or another where things just kind of come crashing in and you, and you realize how much God loves you. Has that ever happened to you? You have those moments in your life where, where it, it might be a retreat, it might be something going on in your life, but um, you just realize how, how much we need Jesus and, and all that he has done for us. 
how much he loves us, um, loves us poor, miserable sinners. Um, I, I had prayed that prayer um, every Sunday. It starts out the, the, the traditional liturgy. Um, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities which, with which I have ever offended you and justly deserved your temporal and eternal punishment, but I am heartily sorry for them and sincerely repent of them. Um, I had prayed that every week, and, and I believed that. I, I believed that I was a sinner in need of God's help. But aren't there in your life, like there are in mine, various points in our lives that uh, that, that prayer becomes absolutely true? And you know, you know that you need help. Maybe it's the realization of, of some sin that you've committed that brings you to that point. Maybe it's some hurt that uh, you have had to bear that brings you to the point of recognizing you just are not going to make it without some help. Maybe it's some business failure or some economic distress that has happened in your life. Maybe it's a relationship that is broken, that you're feeling alone and you're feeling miserable. But then a friend shares their friend with you. They share Jesus with you. They, they share a God who, who loves you so very, very much, who has been um, right where you are now, who is, who is right there where you are now. You, you feel down at, at, at the bottom and you, and you know that you need some help, but they share that you are not alone that uh, you're not worthless, that God loves you so very, very much. Even though nobody else might think very much about you, God does. He gave his own life for you. He gave his son for you. His son took your sins upon himself. He was abandoned by his friends. He lost everything. He was hated. He was beaten. And then he was crucified for you. Not just for everybody in the world, but for you, you poor, miserable sinner. He was crucified more than that along with you. He was crucified between two thieves, and he was buried there where we are going to be buried, in a graveyard. And then on the third day, he rose again from the dead, and he came back to life so that he could be with you in your graveyard in the ashes, in the tears, and in the pain so that he could lift you up like he did in Mary Magdalene in another cemetery where he could hug you to himself, where he could forgive you, where he could hold you and tell you it's going to be okay now because he says he will always be with you. You are not alone. We've all been there, I expect, one way or another, one time or another. We've all been at that place, and it's so good when you open your eyes then to see two friends there with you, one of them Jesus and the other a friend who has shared him with you. I think every time that I've been at that place in my own life, God has arranged it so that he was there 
But not just so that he was there, but so that somebody else was there too. A friend who had brought me to Jesus, or who had um, sat with me while I was struggling with Jesus, who was also there for me as I got up and walked on with Jesus. And what a blessing that is. What a blessing to have a friend who will be there for you and with you and will share this other friend, Jesus, with you. So you, you get to that point, like I said, and uh, in your life or, or at a retreat, and then um, you want to pass that on. It's just so great. It's just so wonderful. And, it, and um, that love and that grace that God has given you, you want to pass it on. But how do you do that? How do you pass on the goodness that, that you've received, the love that, that God has poured into your life? How do you pass on the, the peace that comes with the forgiveness that he brings us? How do you pass on to somebody else um, the, the, the comfort and the hope as you're going through difficult things to know that God is there with you? How do you pass that on? And uh, in Crucial, we learned it was, it was simple. Not easy, but simple. Make a friend, be a friend, bring a friend to Christ. It's the same process that we see Jesus using in our gospel today with Matthew and with so many other people as well. With a, a man who had a, thousands of demons and lived in a graveyard. I think we heard about that last week or the week before. Um, he uses the same process. Make a friend, be a friend, bring a friend to Christ with a woman who is a Gentile and her daughter who is dying. He uses the same process with a woman caught in adultery and with this tax collector in our gospel for today with Matthew. Jesus made a friend of Matthew. He came over to Matt. He was sitting by the side of the road collecting taxes. Um, and he said, hey, Matt, come, come on, come, follow me. Be my friend. Matthew got up immediately and followed Jesus. Now, there's some things I think that are important um, in, this, in this calling of Matthew. First thing to notice is that Jesus reached out to Matthew one-to-one. Jesus preached to thousands of people. He taught hundreds, but he also reached out personally to um, individuals, and he invited them to come and to walk with him. Preachers and evangelists are used by God to bring people to Christ. Um, How many of you used to watch Billy Graham when he was on TV? Yeah, I used to love watching Billy Graham as well. But but Jesus' closest disciples... He reached out to -to one-to-one, personally and and individually, and invited them to be his friend. There's a saying that that Christianity is not so much taught as it is caught. Christianity and faith really, for most of us, starts with a relationship with friends sharing their lives. So who are you friends with? You don't have to go to Timbuktu. You don't have to, to stand on the street corner and preach What Jesus does is what we can do. First of all, just to make a friend. Think about the friends that that you already have. Who among your friends may be getting to that point in their life where they need you to be a friend? I think Matthew jumps up and he follows Jesus because he was at the point where he needed a friend. He was a tax collector. 
Um, tax collectors in those days were notorious for being thieves. They would collect more than their due and then they would pocket the rest. Maybe he was feeling like all this sin was weighing down on him. He was certainly feeling the disapproval of the people that he was living with. They hated tax collectors. Um, the Pharisees saw Jesus eating in his house with this, with this tax collector with Matthew and with other prostitutes and sinners, and they asked, why are you eating with tax collectors and sinners? And so Matthew was probably feeling despised and alone. Who do you know that needs a friend? Reach out to them and make a friend. And then Jesus teaches us to be a friend. Jesus went to Matthew's house. He ate with Matthew. He hung out with him and and with his friends. Um, He defends Matthew against the people that were ganging up on him. He helped him with what he needed. And so we then um, be friends to our friends. We hang out together. We drink coffee together. We laugh together. We play together. We hug our friends and help them with whatever they need. You and I know how to do this. You don't have to to, uh, go to seminary in order to be a friend, and you don't need to um, bang people over the head with, uh, with a Bible. Just be there for them. Live, laugh, and listen. Because sometime the time will be right. Sometime the time will be right to bring your friend then to Christ. God has a right time for all of us, I think. He certainly had a right time for Matthew. Um, this happened with Matthew and Jesus. Matthew walked with his friend Jesus for three years. He watched Jesus. He ate with Jesus. He um, talked with Jesus. Their relationship grew over those three years, and he came to understand better um, what Jesus was all about and who he was. And then, at the end of those three years, the time was right. It was a weekend. It was a Friday, actually. And uh, Jesus showed him how very much he loved him. And then three days later on Sunday, Jesus um, laid on Matthew the full message of the gospel as he rose from the dead and showed him the nail prints in his hands, in his feet, and in his side. Three years they had walked together until that come-to-Jesus moment for Matthew. Not that bringing Jesus, not that bringing our friends to Jesus requires us to do anything special or anything extraordinary. It can just be being there with them and telling them when the time is right that God loves them. It can be inviting them to just come to church with you and and meet Jesus there. Andrew does that with his brother Peter, and Philip did it with some people from his hometown. Come and see, they said. It can be just sharing what you have seen and heard. It can just be sharing what what you have experienced of God in your life. St. Peter says, always be ready to give an account of the hope that is within you. and Do it with gentleness and respect. How has God touched your life? How has he been there for you? What does Jesus mean for you? That's all that he asks us to share. The key is not having some um, ready-made spiel about God 
or some gospel outline that you've memorized and have in your head or, or being able to explain all about the Trinity in Greek. You don't have to do that. The real key is just paying attention to your friend and to the opportunities that, that come up more often than we think. And then opening our mouths when that time comes and trusting that Jesus will be there for us again as he promised. When we open our mouths, even the words will be given to you, Jesus said. I am so glad that um, there was a friend there for me at the turning point of my life when, when things were not good and I didn't know how to go on. Of course you can't do it by yourself, Tim, she said. You need Jesus. I went on to marry that friend and over and over and over again, she has brought me back to Jesus. Who has God brought into your life that you can do that for? Make a friend, be a friend, and bring a friend to Christ. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the friends in our lives that you have used to, um, to bring us to Christ. We thank you for the love and the care for the for the friendship that they have shared with us and for the faith that they have shared with us too. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to do the same. Help us to, to pay attention to our friends, the, the people that we work with, the people that we um, play with, the people that we go to school with. Help us to pay attention to them, Lord, and to, to see um, those that, um, that are especially in need. Help us to be friends, to be good friends and faithful friends to be there for our friends and to help our friends with whatever they need. And then, Lord, when the time is right, help us to recognize that time and to trust you and open our mouths as you give us the words to uh, share with them. We pray that you would be with our friends, Lord, and that you would draw them to you. We pray for others of our friends who are sick and in need of your healing and help. We pray for Lauren and Mark, for Rick and Linda, for Ann and Hans, for Lenore for Will, um, for um, Brian Bratton's uncle. We pray for Julie and Larry, for Brenda and Lisa, for Jessica, for all of those who are sick in any way, Lord. Grant them your healing and your strength and your peace. We do pray for our pastoral call committee, Lord, that you would guide and direct them to the person that you're calling to serve here. Um, We pray, Lord, that you would give them wisdom, and even now that you'd be preparing that pastor for, um, for service here. We pray for President Trump and all who govern and lead in our country and in all of the countries of the world. Pray that you would give them wisdom, help them to do your will on earth as it is done in heaven. And finally, Lord, we pray for those who are missing loved ones who have died and gone home to be with you. Pray for Kevin Puckett and his family after the death of his dad and for Lee Nelson and his family after the death of his wife, Deanna. Grant them and all who mourn your comfort and hope and peace. We thank you for that peace which you give us, Lord. And uh, for our friendship with you, help us as we go to share that friendship with others. In Jesus' name, amen.